You're listening to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. To learn more about Chestnut Ridge Church, visit us online at theridge.church. Today's message comes from Pastor Josh Rhodes. It can be easy to take what we have for granted and to hold on to it tightly. However, if we can begin to see that everything we are and have has been freely given to us by God, the more we'll be able to share our blessings and give freely to those around us. As we cultivate gratitude and generosity in our lives, we will also strengthen our relationship with God and others. In this two-part series, Freely Given, we'll unpack and apply the biblical values of gratitude and generosity. Well, good morning. If we haven't connected before, my name's Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at the Ridge. I feel like we could end the service now after those baptisms. My goodness, what a blessing to witness. Congratulations to Brandon, Angie, Tyler, Colin, even the little brother. That was amazing. So, so grateful to witness that. Uh, Middle schoolers and high schoolers, if you would like to go to the student groups, you may be dismissed at this time. Back to the hub. And if you're new with us, we have those groups that take place during the sermon. So if you'd like to go join in, feel free to do that. Well, back in 2010, before my wife Hillary and I had children, we had moved from central Pennsylvania here to Morgantown to come on staff here at the Ridge. And being that we're both native West Virginians, it was an exciting time for us to get to come back home and be a part of the church. Now, with moving comes moving. Have any of you moved recently in the last few months or in this past year? It is it is not fun at all. Can we just agree? It is so much work. You're packing up your life. You're turning off utilities. You're turning on utilities, all of it. It's so much work. It's so stressful. But thankfully for that particular move, we had some great friends come around us. They helped us load, pack everything, load the truck. We had folks on this end help us unload. So we were very blessed that way. And I remember as we got the very last box into the house, we were just wiped. I mean, we were completely depleted. Now, normally we're the type of people, I guess I should say more so my wife is the type of person that just wants to get on it and get it done. So we were going to just start ripping through boxes, start to get things organized. And I said, what if, what if we just gave ourselves two days to go to Canaan Valley State Park down in Davis, see the waterfalls, rest a little bit, then we'll come back and we'll knock all this out. She agreed to it. So we did. We went away, and um, I remember we got there. We had dinner, and I want to say we fell asleep at 7 o'clock that first evening. We were so exhausted. And then I mentioned we didn't have kids yet, so we slept until 10 a.m., which I think is the last time that has ever happened. It felt great. But we woke up, had breakfast, and I remembered a conversation we had before we took the trip that on that trip— since we'd have more time, we would write thank you notes. Guys, isn't that the best thing in the world? Just carving out some time to write those thank you notes. And she said, since we're gonna have more time, you know, we can just write those out while we're away. And I remember just sort of relaxing in in the lodge room after breakfast and her reaching in her bag and pulling out those thank you notes. Now, now, based on what I've shared so far, what do you think my response was to spending a few hours handwriting thank you notes to everybody who helped us move. Any guesses? I didn't want to. Not one bit. I just wanted to relax. I wanted to kick it back. 
And she wanted us to get that done. Now, looking back, I, I realized, man, I was selfish. I was ungrateful. I mean, these folks gave hours of their time to help make that move possible. God had blessed us so richly in all of it. And here I was not wanting to express that gratitude. Now, reluctantly, I did, and I'm glad I did, but I realized how grateful, ungrateful I was. Now, today we're starting a two-week series called Freely Given. And in this series, we're going to look at the, the biblical values of gratitude today and then generosity next week. And the reason we believe this is we believe everything that we have, who we are and what we have has been freely given to us by God. We see this in scriptures like James 1.17 that says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, the context of this verse, if you read uh, before and after of this verse, you'll see that things like deception and temptation are not of God. Only good and perfect things come down to us from God. It says the father of lights, the creator of lights, sun, moon, stars, these things are from him. And he has been so generous to us in so many ways, and we ought to have a heart of gratitude back to God. And in the same way that God has been generous to us, freely given to us, we want to be ones who freely give to others, who are generous and bless others with our blessings. Now this week, as we talk about gratitude, specifically towards God, I recognize that for us, Sometimes it comes naturally, and sometimes it feels like we're just overflowing. But I think oftentimes we struggle to be grateful. I know I can. You know, I already mentioned that sometimes when we're worn out after a long day or season, it just can be hard to find the energy to want to count our blessings. I think another reason is that life just moves by so fast. I mean, it's just another day's coming. And with that, more blessings from God are all around us, but we're, we're moving too quick to even stop and say, God, that was from you. And God, this was from you. And God, thank you for this. It, it reminds me of a child's birthday party. And maybe you've thrown one recently or you've been to one. And I know some parents want their kids to take all the gifts back home and open them privately. Our kids can't wait. I don't know about yours. If there's six gifts, eight gifts, 10 gifts, they've got to open them. And the child will sit with all the friends around. They'll rip open the first gift, take one look, give the obligatory thank you, and then chuck it to the side and open the next one and the next one and the next one until they're all opened. And if you think about what's happening in that moment, they're not even really seeing what they have, and they're not really acknowledging who gave it to them. And I think sometimes it can be that way with God, that the blessings are just falling on us and falling on us and falling on us. We don't have time to say, God, thank you for this gift. I think a third reason we struggle with gratitude is that we tend to focus more on what we don't have than what we do have. You know, we're envious of someone else's relationship or someone else's home. Or maybe we have such a pressing, legitimate need that's not met that we can't focus on what we have. Or maybe you had a blessing of a relationship, of a person, of a job, of something that you had and now is gone, and it's hard for you 
to be grateful again. And I think a fourth reason is maybe we feel we've earned what we have. I've worked hard, I've gone to school, I've given my best, and, and I deserve what I have. And we tend to leave God out of that equation. Now, wherever you are with gratitude, maybe you're coming in today with a grateful heart, maybe you're coming in today struggling somewhere in between. What I want to do with our time today is look at five specific blessings from God that I think apply to all of us, regardless of your age, regardless of, of where you are in life. I think these blessings apply to us. And if we can just see these blessings with fresh eyes, I believe it's going to stir up and renew in us a heart of gratitude, not just the week of Thanksgiving, but all throughout the year. So the first blessing that God has given us is the blessing of life. He has given us the blessing of life and a, and a simple heartfelt prayer that you could pray is, God, thank you for the gift of life. Psalm 100, a very appropriate passage to read the week of Thanksgiving goes this way. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever, his faithfulness through all generations. Here's what I find remarkable. The same God who created the sun and the moon, the mountains and the rivers, created you and he created me. And we know from scriptures like Genesis chapter one, Psalm 139, that he didn't just create us. He created us in his image, fearfully and wonderfully made. That's how he made us. And what I find remarkable is there are 8.1 billion people alive right now who he gave the gift of life to. And that doesn't include everyone who has lived in the past and everyone who will live in the future. He gave all of us life. And I think sometimes we can just skip over this, the fact that we are alive, that he has given us a physical body. He has given us a spirit and a soul. He has given us a mind. He has given us gifts and abilities and passions. He has given everything to us that make us us. And that ought to stir a heart of gratitude. May we see ourselves as God sees us, which is infinitely valuable and worthy. May we never ever wonder if we matter. And I think there might be some of you here today or, or watching online, you, you've been wondering, do I matter? Does my life count? Absolutely it does because God gave it to you. And may we be quick to acknowledge that he is our creator, our sustainer and give him thanks that he made us. So for me, I think that's the starting point. It's just, God, thank you that you've given me life. But now that we're alive, we need support. We need resource. And I think a second heart of, uh, of praise is, God, thank you for meeting my needs. God, thank you for meeting my needs and giving what I need to live life. And as we consider the roof over our head, the clothes on our backs, the food on our table. I looked to the example of Jesus because there were many times in the New Testament that he gave thanks to God 
the Father. And on one occasion, it was around the feeding of the 5,000 plus. Men, women, children, everybody. And notice what it says from the Gospel of John. It says this, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, had the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also with the fish, as much as they wanted. As I was thinking about this this week, it struck me. Jesus, fully God, fully man, he knew what was about to occur. If you continue to read, you know that it was multiplied miraculously and all of these thousands of people were fed and there were baskets left over. But notice he wasn't giving thanks for what was about to be. He was giving thanks for what was. He was giving thanks for the five loaves and the two fish. And I think that's an incredible lesson for us to learn to give thanks for what we do have, not what we don't have. And this is a challenge. I mean, how many advertisements do you get a day? Isn't it up to like 10,000 or something? Constantly, our culture is trying to convince us that we don't have enough. Uh, Our culture would have us to believe that the reliable car that gets us from point A to point B isn't enough and we need a new one. And I feel that in my Civic when a big new truck pulls up to me. Everything in me wants to light the Civic on fire and go buy a truck. I mean, you feel that, right? I'm not actually going to do that, you know. Difference between how you feel and what you do. But you you feel that. You know, this is a perfect, reliable car, but now I want this. Or maybe with your phone, right? It's two years old. It works fine. But it's like you need a new one. You need a better one. Or your house that you loved 10 years ago, and now it's not enough. And the list goes on. I think giving thanks to God for the abundant resources that he has blessed us with honors him and it also creates in us a content heart. It's like 1 Timothy 5, or 1 Timothy 6, verse 8. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these things. If we have food on the table, if we have clothes on our backs, may we be grateful. Maybe we, may we be content with these things. So let's be ones who thank God for the gift of life and for meeting our needs And then of course, let's thank God for our family and friends, the people who he has purposefully put into your life. This summer, I mentioned before I turned 40, some of you I'm really old, some of you I'm really young, some of you I'm in between. And I don't know where this thought came to me, but I thought it would be nice to just pull out uh, my journal and just think about 40 people who positively influenced my life. And you've seen the ESPN show 30 for 30. So I just wrote 40 for 40 on the top of my page. And I began to fill it. And I was amazed at the names that were coming onto that page. People I hadn't thought about in years. My kindergarten teacher, a basketball coach, a youth pastor, all of these names, of course, family and friends. And I'm looking at this list and I'm realizing two things. One, I need to make sure I let these people know how grateful I am. We don't know how much time we have left with anyone. So I want to make sure I don't just write it down, I actually tell them. And two, 
I realized I should do this more. Just putting their name down and saying, God, thank you for them, just filled my heart. The Apostle Paul was excellent at this. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, he wrote this, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I never stop. This was a church that God used him to start. He had since moved on and he was writing this letter and he said, when I think about you, I just can't help but give thanks. And Timothy, who he had trained to become the pastor, wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, remembering your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I can't imagine being Timothy, getting that letter from your mentor and realizing how grateful he was for you. I thank God day and night for you. And I think the reason why Paul got this it's because he grabbed a hold of the first point that every person made in the image of God is valuable. Anyone who has the gift of life is worthy of love and appreciation. This past week, I read an article by a woman named Luna Greenstein entitled, When Looking for Happiness, Find Gratitude. And I saw the connection between this point and what she had to say. It says this, gratitude has the ability to strengthen and improve relationships, as well as promote new connections. Research shows that those who practice gratitude are more likely to offer emotional support and assistance, share their possessions with others, and forgive more willingly. Consequently, grateful people are rated as more helpful and more generous by their social networks than those who are relatively less grateful. Don't you love it when scientific research backs up biblical truth? I mean, it's all here. That if we wanna have healthy relationships with the people around us, learn to be grateful. Here's, here's what I know to be true. When I'm giving thanks for someone and I'm bringing them before the Lord and God's saying, thank you for them. You know what's really hard to do when you're doing that? Complain about them. Or when you're giving thanks to God for somebody and you're recognizing their gifts and their abilities and their strengths and what's good about them, it's really difficult to focus on what's bad. This strengthens our relationships. And I just encourage you, thank God for the people in your life. Thank him for the ones that are easy and life-giving and are just bring you abundant joy and thank God for the people who aren't easy and just see what God does in your heart. So gratitude, we can thank God for the gift of life, meeting our needs, our family and friends. And then this one's tough. This one's really tough, but learning to thank God for the highs and the lows. You know, one of the benefits of this time of year as we move towards the holidays is I think most of us tend to get reflective. And I would just ask, what has your 2023 been like? What kind of highs did you experience this year? Did you graduate high school or college, get a new job, get married, have a child, have a grandchild, travel, have your health restored? I would imagine that you have something in that category, but what about the lows? What about the hardships that you faced? Did you lose a loved one? That is so hard especially coming into the holiday season the first time without them? Is there job uncertainty? 
and you're not sure what things are going to look like in the near future. Maybe you already lost your job. A broken relationship, whether that be a friend, dating, engagement, or marriage, or a serious injury or health concern. And the truth of the matter is, is it's easy to be grateful for the highs. It just is. It's normal. It's natural. This is good. This is beneficial. Thank you, God. What's really difficult is in the hard times, which is why I think we're not only encouraged to do it, we're commanded to do it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. These aren't suggestions. These aren't all by the ways. These are commands to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks in everything. And I don't know about you, maybe that's the first time you're hearing a scripture like this, but the, that, that kind of sounds crazy. Like rejoice when it's bad, give thanks when something falls apart, give thanks when we encounter something that's painful. I mean, the reason we do that is because we know that God is with us and he works all things together for our good, but it's hard to do it real time. My youngest son, Micah, is five and he has been through the ringer the last month and a half. And um, it started with, he had this large plastic car and he was playing with it on a slide and it hit him square in the face. His lips swelled up like he was a boxer and it knocked one of his tooth loose, which ended up falling out. That was number one. A couple of days later, he's in the backyard and we have all kinds of swings. And one of my other kids was swinging, didn't see him, knocked him square in the face again. And then about two weeks ago, or maybe three, he had this kind of weird fluke fall in the house where he caught his shoulder just right on a piece of furniture and needed six stitches. Guys, I already know what I'm getting Micah for Christmas. It's a giant bubble of, or giant roll of bubble wrap, all right? Just gonna wrap the kid. But here's the thing, like give thanks in everything. Give thanks when your kid knocks their tooth out. Give thanks when you're in the ER getting stitches. I mean, that's difficult. It's challenging. It just is. And far worse than things that maybe you've experienced recently. But the reason we can cling to this is because scriptures like James chapter 1, Romans chapter 5, and it tells us that any trial we face, any difficulty that comes our way, that thing in and of itself isn't good. Getting busted in the face and getting stitches isn't good. But what God does with that is good. It produces endurance. It produces character. It produces a steadfastness and it deepens our faith and it gives us hope. And that is the reason we can be grateful for it. And I'll just mention other, one other quick thing. When we're in the valley, and you know this is true, when you're in the valley, the tendency is to isolate and the tendency is to look for things that are gonna help us make us feel better. We're gonna look to cope in unhealthy ways. That same article I mentioned earlier from Luna, Luna Greenstein, she writes this, a large study conducted by Virginia Commonwealth showed that thankfulness predicted a significantly lower risk of major depression, generalized anxiety disorder, phobia, nicotine dependence, alcohol dependence, and drug abuse. I mean, I think it's amazing that just having a grateful heart when we're in the valley is gonna help us in these very serious ways, which again, from my perspective, is why gratitude is so important. It honors God 
but it's also for our good. And then finally, God, thank you for the gift of life and meeting our needs, family and friends, highs and lows. Most importantly, God, thank you for Jesus. God, thank you for Jesus because every other point we've covered isn't possible without him. Out of every blessing that we could receive, Jesus is number one. And as it's already been said today that the problem that we face is sin, we're separated from God. The solution is Jesus Christ dying in our place for our sins. And the only response he's looking for is faith. And when we place our hope and trust in him, he becomes our savior. We're forgiven. We're promised eternal life. We're brought into the church family. We're given gifts and so much more. And as our relationship grows with him, we become more and more grateful. This is what it says in Colossians chapter two, one of my favorite scriptures. So then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. As we receive Christ as our savior, and as we are taught his ways, and as our roots go down deep and as we are built up, the result it says is to overflow with gratitude. To overflow with gratitude in the highs and in the lows. Whenever there's plenty and whenever we're lacking, when people are easy and when people are hard, we can overflow with gratitude because we know we have the most important thing and that's him. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother and will be there when everything else is gone. In him, we place our hope. Now being grateful isn't always easy. I think by this point, I've confessed that. But I know in my own life, as I seek to walk with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit produces in my life things like joy, I find it's easier to be grateful. So today, there's really just two things I have for you by way of application. First, as it's said in Colossians chapter 2, have you received Christ Jesus? Have you received him as your Savior? Because maybe you're sitting here saying, Josh, I, I get it. I hear everything you're saying, but I, I just don't have an ounce of gratitude in my heart. I would just say maybe that's because you haven't experienced the new life that Jesus offers. Because it's gonna be really difficult to be grateful if you don't have him. So I would encourage you, place your hope and faith in Jesus Christ today. And reach out to us if you wanna talk about that. Now, second, a little bit of a different application. We've kind of positioned these points today as prayers. And maybe because of what you've experienced. Maybe you've had more lows than highs. Maybe you feel like your needs aren't being met. Maybe you just are angry with God. Maybe you haven't been able to even pray to him. What I wanna invite us to do is pray together. So if you're willing and would consider it, I'm gonna ask us in just a moment to close our eyes and quiet our heart. And I'm gonna pray the prayers that we've looked at today. And I would just ask that you pray them in your own heart right where you are. Can we do that together? Let's close our heads. Let's quiet our, close our eyes. Let's quiet our heart. And first, God, thank you for the gift of life. 
God, thank you for meeting my needs. God, thank you for family and friends. God, thank you for the highs and the lows. And God, thank you for Jesus. Amen.